I love the talking guy show. I hear two guys talking. 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 Two guys talking, I hear. I hear two guys talking. Scams are one of the most dangerous threats today, especially when it comes to our elders. As the number of victims and money taken continues to skyrocket, realize that there is hope. ScammerCast is your frontline battlefield for getting educated on the most recent scams, but also how to defend against them. Join us as we detail the processes, the traps, and the solutions to help us all hammer the scammers. Hammer the scammers. It's time for the ScammerCast. Here are your hosts, Curtis Bailey and Art Maines. Hi everyone, this is Curtis Bailey, your co-host on the ScammerCast. And this is Art Mange, your co-host for the ScammerCast on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. You know, Art, we talk a lot here on the ScammerCast about identity theft and cybersecurity. We've had a number of episodes uh, dealing with those topics, and I think today's episode will dig a whole lot deeper into the world of identity theft and cybersecurity and things that people can do to protect themselves. I absolutely agree. You know, we can't seem to talk enough about identity theft because it is the number one reported crime to the Federal Trade Commission today. And if you aren't a victim yet, chances are you will be at some point, many times through no fault of your own because of companies and data breaches. Well, that's right. There's a, it seems a data breach a day the, in, in the world. And sure so this is a very important topic and we have two experts with us today that are gonna shed some light on how we can help ourselves. Exactly, exactly. So we want to welcome first Dan Fries, Executive Vice President of Personal and Commercial Select Business Insurance, and Michelle Bequette, Risk Management Consultant for Personal and Commercial Select Business Insurance from J.W. Terrell on behalf of ACE Private Risk Services and the Hartford Insurance Companies. Sponsored by Western Union and Midwest Trust. Welcome, Dan. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. We're glad to be here today. And again, as Art, thank you for that introduction. My name is Michelle Baquette. I am a risk management consultant uh, for personal private client and our commercial select business. And it's really important to me to protect our clients' tangible and intangible assets. And as Art had mentioned, our intangible assets are so important because we don't know when we can have a breach or identity theft. And we want to talk about that a little bit more today. Thank great. you. Great. Great. Fantastic. Dan, would you uh, introduce yourselves sure. to our audience? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity today. I'm Dan Fries with JW Terrell. I lead our personal insurance division and our commercial select. I also help co-chair our tremendous uh, Terrell outreach program that uh, serves those in the community that are less fortunate. So absolutely happy to be here today. And this definitely is a topic that is of great concern. And uh, we've seen a trend in the industry that really is looking to help protect consumers and businesses. That's a, an exciting development because when I go out and give presentations uh, around the community or wherever I am, identity theft is a real concern for people, especially in the wake of large, big-name data breaches like Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, or Target, or Home Depot. I know I was caught in all three of those, and, and everybody's talking about <laughs> yeah. this. The so. trifecta. Huh? It was right. a trifecta, <laughs> yes, yes. Not the one I wanted, but <laughs> right. the one I got. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Is it true, uh, from you guys' perspective, that there is a growing interest in insurance products related to this because people don't know how to protect themselves and they're unaware of just how much of a hassle and how much expense can be involved in recovering from something like an identity theft problem? 
Yes, that is true, Art. And actually, the, the theft or misuse of personal information is the fastest growing white collar crime in America, as you had mentioned. And today we're going to discuss these risks for individuals and businesses, and we're going to talk about how you can protect yourselves from these. Yeah, actually, if you look at it, the identity theft actually exceeds, if you look at burglary and, and larceny and things like that, that's actually the fastest growing crime in America. So, you know, our job is to protect our consumers. Our job is to protect businesses. And so we take a responsibility working with our carriers to help create and craft products to, that do that. And today we can talk about that. Dan, that's an interesting point. Um, you know, you, you bring up... Uh, maybe a generation or two ago the the main threat was you know the the guy showing up on the doorstep trying to weasel his way into your house which still occurs but it seems like the threat is shifting if it were to a different medium what are you guys seeing in the industry as to where the threats are coming from and i think if you look at, at our society today everyone's on the web for some mm -hmm. reason whether it's social media whether it's buying habits so you're putting personal information out on social media or on media on the web. You're using social media to communicate with your friends, with your coworkers. And anytime you're putting that information out, you're at risk. And the risk is not something that, that you look at and you say, this is something that happens only in the United States. The people that are, are accessing that information come from around the globe. Right. So when you're looking at something out on the web, you're putting your information out to the world. Right. And so the world is taking a look at that, or potential hackers are in ways that can access your personal identity. But it's not only that, it's the fact that people use their credit cards. It's that people travel and they have passports that can be lost. People have domestic staff and contractors that are in their home 24-7 potentially that have access to your personal information. And then, of course, when you go to a doctor or you go to a business, you fill out paperwork. And when you fill out that paperwork, you're putting personal information out that could potentially be at risk. So there is a growing concern. Most of it has started to stem from the fact that we do so many things through the web. This has always been there in the past, people stealing your identity, but it hasn't been to the level. And it's really been because of the way we use the web today for everything. Yeah, and we've, we've mentioned here many times uh, that the senior citizen demographic is the fastest growing user of the Internet, and particularly social media. And they just, I think, are unaware of the risks out there uh, in the world when they jump online and they start posting their information uh, about exactly – who, who, who is looking at it from the other end? Uh, right, Michelle? That's right. And, you know, one of the things we want to talk about is how do you protect yourself? Because a as it is a growing concern, and, and I've heard stories say, well, we're always going to be hit or, you know, well, I have a credit card and the credit card is going to take care of me and things like that. But there are other ways that we can even go deeper with that to protect ourselves. And I, I want to mention a couple of, of tips about that today. First of all, make sure that you do have identity theft on your homeowner's policy. Now, most standard insurance companies do provide some type of this protection. However, most of the time it's reimbursement only. So what that means is you're going to be doing the time and the hassle and trying to restore this. The better solution is really to endorse this protection on a homeowner's policy such as that ACE offers that provides not only reimbursement but also restoration. There are a handful of carriers out there that provide this that 
really is proactive services for you that most standard carriers don't provide. Um, as Dan had mentioned, social networking services, that's so important nowadays. And a lot of our clients, you know, they have social media issues or they have children on social media and they're not sure what they're posting. They're not monitoring 24-7. You want a carrier that's going to provide proactive social media monitoring service that can alert policyholders to updates on privacy changes and viruses, something similar like that. Also, travel safety information services. This provides the insured with travel safety tips and checklists and other helpful information related to their destination. One of the big things, you know, we talk about when we're traveling, as Dan had mentioned, lost passports or we go as medical evacuation. There's a whole list of items when you're traveling that people don't think about that, and that's something to certainly ask your agent or, or ask us. Surviving spousal services. This has come up a couple of times with a couple of our clients. This assists in guiding spouses through the process of suppressing the deceased credit file. We've had this happen where they had a family member unfortunately pass away, but then someone else has gotten a hold of those social security numbers or sure. other information. That's a big deal. Of yeah. Absolutely yeah. to relevant parties. So the restoration service will help with these uh, legal costs and getting that restored. And background screening for contractors and domestic staff is extremely important. We've seen claims. Um, how many times has a client said, oh, well, I'm going to hire John Smith because my friend so-and-so used them, right? And too many people trust their neighbor or their friend. And Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not, but we've seen claims actually where there's been inside jobs where they've taken information or other things out of the home and things like that. So it's really important to screen those, such as nannies or housekeepers or contractors, to make sure that these contractors are legit and make sure there's no, no issue or no past prior. That's a story I hear a lot when I'm out doing presentations is that a home care provider ripped them off or stole their prescription drugs or something. And they don't even have to steal anything. They can just take a photo of the front and back of somebody's credit card or get a photo of their social security card with their social security number on it. It's very important and it's fascinating to me that insurance companies recognize these risks and actually try to account for them and, and protect people from them. Is this something that's fairly new? It's not fairly, I would say maybe in the last five to seven years. Okay. Um, and again, ACE, one of our sponsors, they, they are great at this service. There's a handful of carriers that are. The background screenings are really, really important. I've seen instances where a client wanted to hire a nanny and the nanny had a bad driving record or things like that and they had no idea. The resume looked really good. Sure. But other, you know, an example of that. So it, it's just really important. And nowadays, a lot, of, a lot of clients don't even know that this is available to them. So it's really yeah, I didn't know, so I think it's great that uh, a company that. like Ace provides that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, Art, if you look, if you look at it in the last five to seven years, the first step was finding a reactive uh, type of coverage. So, like all insurance, you have the loss, and then the carrier responds. So, the first step was providing those um, restoration dollars, dollars right. that you need to hire the attorney, dollars that are going to be needed to take time off of work if you're working. Sure dollars for bonding, things that need to be done to restore your identity. And then as this continued to grow, you saw carriers starting to step up and say, what else? And that's exactly what Michelle's talking about. What else can we do that, that helps prevent this from happening? So that's when you get into the background checks for healthcare providers, right. potentially for the elderly, 
or you get into situations to where you can have some consultation about how to properly use social media and to be alerted to those viruses. So carriers are starting to step in that direction. The next thing that we've been working with our carriers for, though, is that proactive monitoring. So when you when you think about it, there's things out there like LifeLock sure. and things that proactively look at who's who's potentially trying to steal your identity. Carriers right now, insurance providers, there's only a, a small handful in the industry that are doing that upfront monitoring because they're letting other vendors do it. But that's the next natural progression that we want to see our carriers take is is doing the proactive measurement so that we're preventing loss. Mm-hmm. And so it's that's that's kind of where, where the industry is going is continuing to develop that, that product. Right. That's terrific. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. Dan, how long have you been in the insurance industry and how long have you been at Terrell specifically? Been in the industry over 30 years now. Interestingly enough, I was a college intern at JW Terrell way back when and have come full circle. So I've been at Terrell for four years now. Okay. Fantastic. And Michelle mentioned that the the first coverage, if you will, seems like it's an endorsement on a homeowner's policy. So I guess my question is, is it a standalone coverage or is the insurance vehicle that homeowner's policy? That's a great question, Kurt. Mm. And actually, with most standard carriers, you have your homeowner's policy, then you have what's called endorsement. So you can endorse water backup or earthquake insurance, and that identity theft is going to be endorsement within the homeowner's policy. Okay. It's very reasonable per year, but as we said, most of these standard carriers are just going to be reimbursement only. Okay. So we want to look for something that has proactive resolution services on okay. it. So that's the guidance, I think, for our listeners perhaps is be sure that you're looking for something that's proactive that isn't just doing restoration but is actually monitoring and working to prevent problems would you agree with that yeah i would agree with that i think i think what we're finding is is that there's a couple steps and the steps should be one having the coverage on your policy once you have your coverage on your policy the next natural question is is outside of the dollars you're going to provide me are you going to provide the service especially for our older clients, it's a very difficult process to understand and and what to do. And you need somebody to hold your hand through that process. So making sure that they have the restoration service that goes along with the reimbursement is the second stage. And then the third question to ask would really be, uh, do you have a proactive measure that can alert me when someone has breached my personal information? You're not going to find that with a lot of carriers today, and that's what we're trying to work on. There are a handful that do. In the absence of that, though, we would encourage everyone to go out and look at a LifeLock or something similar mm-hmm. um, until that's developed on the product side. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Michelle, you used uh, a word that I want to make sure that our listeners understand. A lot of our listeners may not uh, sure. look at insurance policies on a day-in, day-out basis like some of us do, but sure. when you call something an endorsement, mm-hmm. what does that mean? That is an extra coverage on your policy. So basically, so when you write a standard uh, policy, you you insure your home and you have your basic liability. These are extra coverages that are offered to your policy and there is a cost for them and most of the costs are very reasonable, but it's important that your agent or whomever you're working with goes over these extra coverages to make sure you're fully protected in the event that an unforeseen circumstance happens. It's interesting. We do a lot of client reviews and I would say 
eight out of ten times we find that people don't have identity theft on their policies and it's readily available oh, i believe that so yeah. it, yeah. It, it's worth making that phone call to your agent to make sure especially whether it's now or at your policy renewal that you're asking those questions and you and you get the coverage on your policy I was uh, just recently doing some research on identity theft and uh, online privacy because we're partners with the National Cybersecurity Alliance. Consumer Reports said that 62% of people over age 60 have done nothing to protect their privacy while online. I was actually surprised that it was uh, only 62% because I figured it would be higher. So uh, do the companies in their proactive approach teach seniors what to do or do they simply monitor the senior social media accounts because education is one of those recurring themes that we hear a lot in this field it's so important for people to know what to do they've got to practice the skills over and over again so so what are your thoughts about that or what have you observed in the industry are they teaching people what to do or just watching out for them i think right now where we're at it's it's the watching out for them I mean, there's certainly, you know, as Michelle talked about, ACE provides some services that are available, but those are more services in terms of alerting you that there's a potential virus with the social media. It's not actually teaching you what to look for. And I mean, I can think of numerous instances where we've gotten calls from clients who have felt that, that potentially their identity has been stolen, whether it's been that call that they get that says, your grandchild has been uh, needs immediate assistance and you need to wire money to a certain location. And of course, they're concerned and the child might be out of the country and they're wiring money and there's all these schemes that really are, that consumers need to be aware of. And I think especially in that population, it's quite often that individuals look for opportunities and there's a great opportunity because of the limited resources that potentially some of our older clientele have. They're at home and they're using the internet. They're not necessarily out in the business world having all this information exactly. brought to them continuously. Exactly. So I think that this is something that you know we as agents and we as you know educators need to do is is bring these topics up like you are today to you know to educate yeah that's that's part of why we're we're delighted that you guys are with us today because I, I certainly didn't know the extent of, of availability of some of the proactive measures that the insurance companies are taking and that's one of the the pet topics of mine is let's be proactive let's prevent this stuff not just detect it after it's happened but let's prevent it as much as we possibly can. So I think it's very important that we think proactively and encourage people to not only think but also take actions in a very proactive way so we prevent it as much as we possibly can. Yeah, I, I know that uh, ACE has supplied us and we're, we're going to be happy to share today some tips, some things that people can look at. So we'll have some PDFs that will be available um, for people to take a look at through your website. Um, the other thing that I think most people have been really concerned about that will have tips also is it's tax season. We're yes. getting right around tax season. <laughs> and last year we had numerous calls about people's identities being stolen by, by filing their tax returns. So there are some tips that are related to how to how to help prevent that from happening. And I would encourage everyone to take a look at that. Yeah, right. We will post all of those links and PDFs on uh, on the show notes at scammercast.com and really do appreciate ACE and, and you folks providing those for our listeners. Michelle, you mentioned a very interesting insurance coverage that oftentimes we don't think that much about, and that was the surviving spousal services. Yes. Because we do find a lot of reports of 
the deceased Social Security's n- numbers all of a sudden being recycled and new credit being applied for and so on and so forth. So tell our listeners a little bit about that kind of coverage. Sure. And, and Kurt, that's a great point. And this is something that's not really top of mind sometimes with our clients. So this really um, will help guide the surviving spouses and executors through the process of suppressing the deceased credit file in their accounts. It's going to have notification to relevant parties and procuring documents necessary to settle the estate. So it's really going to be this proactive identity piece. And another thing to th- think about when we're talking about this is reputation defense as well. So maybe for the surviving spouse, um, this all encompasses that. ACE will guide you through. They will actually have someone on hand. As Dan had mentioned, it's really important to hold your hand through this because it's an emotional time anyway. Yeah, sure. And so we want to be able to make this as simple as possible within the circumstance for for the client. So it's it's really about being proactive and really getting this estate settled with the best resolution as quickly as possible. In the elder law world, I, I work with a lot of folks oftentimes who are wrapping up uh, yes. estates for deceased, and it is. It's a very emotional time. Do either of you have uh, stories you can share maybe uh, of helping an individual through this kind of process? It's been several years in terms of the number of cases that we've been seeing, and it grows every year. You know, certainly without mentioning names, you know, we have individuals whose identities have been stolen. Again, if they're with a carrier that provides the first level of coverage, which is just the simple reimbursement, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions that they're calling to ask us, which is, what do I do next? And so the the way the policy is is set up to respond is it's a reimbursement of the time off of work. So we're helping them through this process, but that second step is the one that we've been pushing our carriers and it's the most important piece, which is what do I do and what do I do now? In those instances, we've seen people, you know, obviously we had lots of calls on Anthem. Right. We had lots of calls on Target. We had lots of calls on Schnook <laughs> saying, sure. you know, what do I do and what should I be doing? Should I file a claim? With my insurance carrier. Well, you you have to have actually had the breach to file the claim. So we're doing a lot of consultation of what should you be looking for and what's next. And when this occurs, this is when we file a claim. So you've had those instances. You have the instances where a real breach occurs. And when a real breach occurs, you're looking at working with the client and the restoration service of actually setting up the step-by-step notification to the Social Security office, making sure that time off of work is paid for, time off of work for potential um, children who are working with um, their parents, for example. That can be a reimbursable event. So in those situations, we've had several of those. Last year was the big, my tax, I didn't get my tax return. I found out that my, my tax, that my ID, my Social Security number has been compromised. What do I do? And that's when we have to turn that over to the carrier and either have the reimbursement piece or the restoration service piece available to them. So there's all kinds of instances on the personal side where we've been involved. And, you know, in a few moments, we'll probably talk about the business side where we've been involved on the business side where we're actually talking about the other side of this (laughs) equation where you have a business and their client's information has been stolen from the business. Yeah. So you've mentioned uh, a company, Ace Private Risk Services. Tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little more about Ace. So Ace Private Risk Services is a carrier that we represent, and they're one of the carriers we've been working with that are designing products that are a little bit different than in the standard marketplace. So they're one of those carriers that are really trying to reach out and do something a little bit different. 
Great, great. You know, I oftentimes tell people that they should view insurance as a customizable product. Uh, you shouldn't just take the, the coverage off the shelf and assume that that's the best coverage. And it sounds like Ace and, and, and you folks at Terrell specialize in customizing coverages for clients. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of great uh, you know insurance providers out there, but the one thing that I would certainly recommend is work with your current agent, understand what your product offers and what the options are. And if you're not happy or satisfied with that, then you should seek another agent that has access to other products. Because there are some agents in the marketplace that only represent their product and that's all they can offer you. And then there are independent agents out there that can offer you a variety of products. So you can more tailor, you know, you can tailorize or custom fit, so to speak, you know, to a client's need. Right. And I think that's a great point too, Kurt. A lot of people see insurance as a commodity. Right. And I, I think it's really important the industry is ever so changing every year and it's really important to review your policy at least once a year as Dan mentioned with your client just to stay educated on the topics and make sure you are fully protected in the event of a loss. Yeah you know we often find the uh, the value of the insurance when the problem occurs right and and when we find out exactly what that policy covers and maybe more importantly what it didn't cover and what value we're not getting out of the policy. So uh, I appreciate that comment very much that we shouldn't look at insurance as a commodity, particularly in a situation like identity theft, which is so different for each individual, right? I mean, what's gonna be necessary to restore that identity and get them through the process cannot be viewed through the commodity lens. That's right, and it is very reasonable. And like you said, too often times, clients may not realize they needed the coverage and then they they think, oh, I could have gotten this coverage for only X amount of dollars and wow, I didn't even know about it. So that's what we strive to do. And and as Dan had mentioned, make sure you ask your agent, make sure your agent is talking to you at least once a year to, to, to discuss these types of important issues. So that's a key takeaway for our listeners is to talk to your insurance agent about what your needs might be, almost do a, a risk assessment of Correct. sorts. That's a great point. And, and it brings to mind for me our prior episode of the ScammerCast where we spoke with Stephanie Rolfs Young from the Alzheimer's Association. As the potential exists for people to become cognitively impaired because of Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia, how does that factor into somebody's ability to buy these kinds of policies and and are there exclusions for people who demonstrate signs of cognitive impairment and are there other kinds of exclusions that our listeners need to be aware of? When you're thinking of a homeowner's product, what determines eligibility really is the risk itself, meaning the condition of the property that we're insuring, the credit of that person so that you can see the tie-in with how your credit and the potential theft of your credit can impact your ability to buy insurance. Right. But in terms of cognitive ability, that doesn't affect the homeowner side of a product. It could potentially affect buying automobile insurance and sure. your ability yeah, to drive. Of course. But homeowner's products are, are, are really driven on the risk itself. Where the risk, how it's rated is the value of the risk, how it's constructed, someone's credit is mm-hmm. built into that and then of course the territory where that risk resides that really determines the rate and the eligibility people can become uneligible to buy a product based on the number of losses that they have or based on their credit rating so these two things tie in together when you think about credit and what we're trying to protect it also you're protecting insurability future insurability yeah. 
Right. Gotcha. So there is no exclusion for some sort of cognitive impairment. Not on the homeowner's property. Okay. Okay. And does that imply also to the endorsements that you guys have been talking about, those those additional policies as part of the homeowners? Correct. Okay. Very Correct. interesting. Okay. Well, Michelle, Dan, uh, you've given us a ton of great information. We're going to switch gears a little bit here after the break and, and talk about the other side of the coin. But are there any final wrap-up comments or tips, you know, sort of the one or two things you really want our listeners to know and understand about identity theft insurance coverages. I think I'll go back to what Michelle said, which is the industry is ever-changing. We as agents, we as professionals in the industry are out to protect our consumers and our clients. And so in, in doing so, we're working continuously with the carriers on how to make things better, how to better protect our clients. That annual review is almost critical because not only identity theft, but all kinds of coverages, mm. whether it's earthquake coverage, whether it's right. liability protection, all of those things need to be reviewed because the industry is changing. But in this particular area, with it being the number one white collar crime in America and the fastest growing crime in America, it's something that needs to continue to be worked on and addressed. So I would say that have that conversation with your agent, make sure that you're getting that three stages of coverage that we're talking about again, the dollars, the restoration services, and other services available to guide you through the process. That's the ideal package is right. what you want to look for. Okay. And I just want to go back to talk about our tax season tips very quickly, as we'd mentioned earlier right. in the podcast, with that up on us really quickly and really year-round, because some clients do pay quarterly, as we know, and things like that. We're going to share some great tips, so be sure and look at those. It's going to be helpful during this upcoming season on the website. And, and as you say, Michelle, any time, because I'm finding, as are others, that the uh, IRS scams and tax fraud scams are evergreen. They're coming right. in all over, all, all across the calendar. I mean, I had a cousin who got a phone call in May or June, I think it was, saying she owed taxes back from 2012 or 2013. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it wasn't even about the prior year. It was some prior, prior year. Wow. And we're also seeing too our, you know, we all get these pop-up emails. Oh, well, save, you know, you can save here and just click on this and we can file your taxes for this amount of money and really sure. beware of those emails because they can get a lot of personal information that right. way too. Well, thanks, Michelle. We're going to uh, lead off after the short break that we're about to take with those tax tips. Uh, remember, this is Curtis Bailey, your co-host on the ScammerCast. We invite you to visit our website to see all of the great resources that uh, are mentioned here in today's episode and we encourage you to leave your thoughts your ideas your comments in the comments on our website and this is art mange your co-host of the scammer cast and we invite your stories we'd like to hear some feedback from you have you ever looked into identity theft insurance what's been your experience would you recommend it to people that you know let us know at scammercast.com on the two guys talking podcast network and we'll be right back Time to take a break during this episode of the ScammerCast. Have you liked our effort on Facebook? Visit the link via our website at ScammerCast.com and be sure to share any of our informative articles with your friends and family. It's all about education and protecting our seniors. We'll be right back. Join in a unique, interactive experience as we put you inside the mind and heart of the law enforcement professional and delve into the culture of policing. Hi, I'm Mike Wilkerson from the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network, where I've reviewed hundreds of police procedural television programs and movies. But the question remains, does Hollywood 
get it right. What does it really feel like when you search for a suspect inside an abandoned building? The fear. The adrenaline. The unknown. Law enforcement training for the arts, or LIDA, is an experience like no other. Fingerprints. Ballistics. DNA. Our team of professionals have numerous years in law enforcement to include those with experience in the United States Secret Service, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the FBI, the United States military, along with other local, state, and federal entities. Our unique facilities offer the same interactive courses that the police themselves use to train. This will be an experience of a lifetime that you'll never forget. Check out the details now at LITAConference.com. That's L-E-T-A Conference.com. And sign up for the upcoming convention. Seats are limited, but we're eager to see you behind the thin blue line. LITAConference.com. L-E-T-A Conference.com. Go behind the badge. There was a day when the villain was easy to spot. These days are different. Today, scammers impersonate their victims' loved ones and make up an urgent situation. I've been arrested. I've been mugged. I'm in the hospital. And plead for money to resolve it. At Western Union, we want to help. We remind you to never send money to people you haven't met in person. And always verify before you send. You work hard for your money. Don't let a few minutes with a scammer separate you from what's taken days, weeks, or even a lifetime to work for. Western Union. Move money for better. A recent study found that most older adults fear running out of money during their retirement years, even more than their fear of death. A trust can be an effective way to manage and protect your assets while you're alive. Now, many folks believe that trusts are only for rich people. They are not. Midwest Trust Company of Missouri, located in Clayton, Missouri, offers professional trust management for clients all across the country. Using Midwest Trust is a great way to know that someone with experience and integrity will manage your wealth objectively. Naming Midwest Trust can provide you with peace of mind in knowing that you or your parents will not be exploited financially and lose all of the assets acquired during a lifetime of hard work. Midwest Trust will even work with you or your parents' own financial advisor. Don't let fear of running out of money drive your life. Contact Midwest Trust Company today by visiting the link to their website at scammercast.com. The discipline to grow. The strength of experience. The ability to adapt. Values that endure. Midwest Trust. Welcome back to ScammerCast, your headquarters for the education and prevention of scams against our elders. Let's dig back in with your hosts, Curtis Bailey and Art Maines. Welcome back, everyone. This is Curtis Bailey, your co-host on the ScammerCast. And this is Art Maines, your other co-host for thescammercast.com. And Michelle, you're going to share with us and our listeners some important tips as we think about the coming tax season. Is that correct? That's right, Art. And one of the things I want to talk about first are the warning signs of tax refund fraud. 
Be very suspicious if you get an email from a source claiming to be the IRS. The IRS does not initiate contact with taxpayers by email. So that's one big thing. I've seen emails myself come through like that, and I don't open them. If you receive an IRS notice that says more than one tax return was filed in your name, that's another red flag. So if you get that, certainly notify the IRS immediately. Uh, again, now that uh, what would raise the suspicion would be either a telephone call or an email alerting somebody to that fact, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. And what you want to do is find the correct phone number for the IRS and just call them directly okay. and make sure that that is, is really the right right thing that right. you're getting. Very so good. Very good. And a couple of steps. Um, again, we want to really stress, beware of emails that come from online tax filing services, do not click on the links because first of all, they may contain malware. Use a search engine to independently check the website address to see if it actually is a real company. How many of us get emails, oh, send the link, right? Just click on that link real quick. So, So that's one of the tips. Also, this sounds basic, but I have seen actually other people do this or my friends do this do not give any personal information over the phone mm. sometimes the other voice is very convincing on the other sure side of the it phone is, definitely and um, or via mail or the internet unless you have initiated the contact yourself okay so so be very wary of those run a credit report check every 12 months you can check online there are companies that offer free credit reports each year just to make sure there's been no red flag yeah that's important and it's something we've mentioned in previous episodes actually the uh, federal government allows all of us to uh, obtain a free credit report from each of the three main reporting services and so I know uh, a lot of people will say Every four months, you should request a free one and just rotate around the the three main reporting services. That's right. That's so important. And as Dan has mentioned before, credit is a factor when you're writing policies, when you're securing a home and auto policies. You want to make sure that that's not compromised. Sure. Yeah, I I would definitely, you know, what you said, Michelle, is really, I think, the, the main thing to get out of this is if you get an email that you're not familiar with, never share personal information by email. Right. And if you get a phone call, ask that person for their name and phone number so that you can return their call and or go directly to the source. So they, again, as Michelle said, the IRS is not going to ask you for personal information over the phone or by email. And the, the people are very convincing. So that's when we're seeing our consumers concerned because they've, they've heard about this, but they don't know the depth of what to do. Right. So they're concerned, oh, your tax, your identity has been stolen. There's been an additional tax return that's been created for you. We need your personal information to help you get this corrected. And then you're, you have an, a consumer who's sharing that information over the phone because there's been that created concern. Yeah. And really, it's a scam to steal their identity. Yeah, it's a yeah. total scam. Here at the ScammerCast, in our, in our presentations, we talk about a basic philosophy, which is never let yourself be chosen. Always do the choosing. And that really That's applies right. here. So. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Do not click on links. Do not uh, give information unless you initiate the contact. That's right. So uh, I understand you have a number of tips that uh, we're going to post on the website. Is that right, Michelle? That's right. We have some great tips, um, and there'll be a link that sh- that your listeners can access. All right. Fantastic. Terrific. Yeah. Uh, Dan, um, 
before we move into the arena of cybercrime and look at it sort of from the business side of the coin, one thing that we talked about in the first half of the episode, which I think bears a little bit of explanation, is background screening. You know, those of us who may have elderly parents and are looking to hire a caregiver struggle with how do we do it? How do we do our due diligence? And so it sounds like maybe some of the carriers have, have a solution that can help. Yeah, that, that's right. So I, I think the tip to take away from this is, is that if you're hiring a service, a caregiver through a service, the first thing that you want to ask is, do you do background checks and how extensive are those background checks? So it can be anything from a motor vehicle report if that individual is going to be transporting maybe your parents for a doctor's visit, you want to make sure we have a safe driving record. But more importantly, you're looking at people that are going to be potentially 24-7 living with you. And in that, they're going to have access to all your personal information. They can look at your mail. They can open your computer. They can go through your drawers. Right. A lot of times what we find is, is that there are other caregivers, so to speak, the people that come in to clean, the people that come in to do the grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that a lot of times are by word of mouth. And so when you have that situation, what you want to do is make sure that you're working with your insurance agent, potentially your ID theft provider, to do a thorough background check on that person. We're looking for criminal background history. They're going to run that check. They're going to look to see if there's been any previous activity in the past. And, and as previously you know, noted, potentially, people can move from state to state, and their track record doesn't always follow them depending on the severity of what's happened. So um, it's very important that this gets accomplished because this is how it happens. There are people out there that are deliberately looking to steal from you, whether it's tangible right. or your identity. That's such a great point. And I hear so many stories like that of somebody in Missouri who perpetrates and they didn't realize that they had moved here from Minnesota or New Mexico or wherever and they have this long history of prior offenses against elders so it's I'm so glad to hear you say that we've we've had situations with one of our clients who again in a caregiver situation where they've changed their identity so that caregiver did have a background a record and when they came forth to our client had created a new name and a new mm -hmm. identity so that's just the flip side of it, too. So that thorough background right. is what's going to help identify that this person isn't who they say they are. Now, would thorough background checks also include drug tests? Potentially, they could. It wouldn't be from the standpoint of we would provide a drug test. It would potentially uncover if a drug test had been done by a former employer. You have to be very careful about personal information that you share sure. about someone. Of course. But there are instances that, that it would say that a person had been removed from their position for various reasons. And part of that various reason could be the drug test. Anything that's public information is what you're going to find. Right. You're not going to find out necessarily that they failed a drug test. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. Only the, only the organization, if you're hiring someone from an organization, you can ask that question. Do you do a criminal background check? Do you do a drug test on your employees? Do you do – those are the things you should be asking when you're hiring yeah. from a service. Yeah. So when credit it's an check and mm -hmm. drug test, a 50-state background check, criminal check, that kind of thing? Exactly. Okay. For, for those of us who may not hire – through uh, hire a caregiver through an agency or an organization what's your best advice for them to to accomplish this kind of check you know a lot of times there are a lot of um, senior services available social workers if you're working potentially or if if your parent 
or relative or friend or spouse is seeking medical attention, a lot of times you have a social worker that's assigned you. That social worker usually has a very long, extensive list of acceptable and reputable services right. and or individuals that, that or organizations that can help place those. And that's the best source of, of things that have been vetted. Very good. To learn more about background screening as well, because this is an important topic, we actually have a white paper, which is really an educational piece and a further resource guide for your listeners to talk about reducing risk to crime from those you trust and really protect your family through better hires. Fantastic. We'll That's post, great. Yeah, we're going to post a link to that at scammercast.com so everyone will have access to it and be able to read it uh, in, in, at their leisure. Shifting gears, uh, we have talked about uh, data breaches and cybersecurity many times here on the ScammerCast, and we know that uh, a lot of listeners of the ScammerCast are business owners. And so cybersecurity is becoming a very important topic for them in, in the business world. Definitely. I just read an article that you sent to me, Kurt, from NPR.org about the growing threat uh, of cybercrime and cybersecurity for small businesses. So. So Dan or Michelle, whoever would like to take the question, uh, what should business owners be looking for here and, and how big is the threat? Similar to, to individuals, businesses are at risk. And what's at risk is the data, the information that they're gathering about you as individuals. So on the flip side of it, how does this occur as an individual? Well, you're sharing your information with people you do business with, whether that's online, whether that's in a store, whether that's your medical provider, you're giving right. personal information. And in these schemes to steal your personal information, there are people who could potentially hack in to a business's website and steal their information. In doing so, that business becomes liable for the loss of your personal information. So on the other side, insurance providers now have a product that helps insure or protect the business owner. You know, we think of the large corporations, mm -hmm. a lot of large corporations are out there, and of course you would expect them to have it, you know, the Targets and the Schnooks and all the anthems, everyone that we've talked about. But interestingly enough, it's the small business owner, too, who is really at great risk because they don't have the sophistication always in their security on their systems. There's a small amount of employees that work for them. And so when you think of data breach, it's not only we're putting personal information into our computer, it's all your information, whether it's on a piece of paper application, whether it's your credit card receipt, uh, whether it's you filling out the medical form at the doctor's office. Anytime your information's being shared, whether it's on the web or it's in paper, it's at risk. So we're looking at hackers, we're looking at potential services that that small business owner could um, hire to bring in to maybe clean the office. There are employees that have access to that information. So that's how your information can be stolen. And that's also why insurance companies wanted to protect the business owner from those potential liabilities. So yeah. there is a coverage out there now called data breach for cyber liability situations. And remember, cyber doesn't always mean just through the web. It means all your information that's being right. shared. Sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, you've shared some interesting uh, statistics that I think uh, our listeners need to hear because it isn't just the big company or the big organization that is suffering the breach. But criminals aren't stupid, are they? They, they know yeah. to go after the low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, right. small business owners become that low-hanging fruit. You know, one and a third 
of every business owner has a breach, small business owner with 100 or less employees. So when you look at it that way, almost 33% of all small businesses have some type of breach. And interesting, it's those business owners who don't really think they're at risk. Right. So when you look at that, people know that. They know that they're not taking the proper precautions necessarily to to protect your personal information. So people are out there hacking into those systems because they're more vulnerable because these people don't think they're at risk. This is why you have to have the insurance product and have the education like we're doing today right. so that small business owners realize that there is a risk, that this is another great consumer tip, which is when you're posting your information or sharing it, you should be asking that business owner, do you carry insurance to protect in case my identity gets stolen? Because that's, that's another point. way of protecting yourself yeah. as an individual. Indeed, indeed. I also find it interesting when we talk about the statistics that 66% of data breaches investigated weren't discovered for months and some even for several years. Yeah. That's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, and, and also 39% of small business owners mistakenly believe a data breach would not impact their business. And wow. as, as Dan had mentioned, you know, in the low-hanging fruit, you think, oh, I'm a small business, it's not going to impact my business. Yeah, so, you know, it's really just an evil, um, an evil confluence of events. You've got criminals going after small businesses who don't believe that they are a target, so they're not taking any steps to protect the, their systems, right? And the the criminals are getting into the system and the business owner may not know for months or years that they've been a target and all of a sudden all of the information is out there a lot of denial it sounds like among the, <laughs> yeah. the business owners you know let's bring in some psychology here it's like you know you're on the on the barge here on uh, denial so. art this is your bailiwick this right here it. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah you know we get a little bit of that overconfidence bias we talk about going yes here. indeed yeah that's wow. right and yeah. i want to talk about too what dan had mentioned we all think of data breach as electronic and i do have a quick story this happened in the industry a few years ago might have been close to seven or eight years ago there was an intern that was driving paper files from one doctor's office to another doctor's office well he decided to stop for some lunch had lunch with friends and i guess some of the friends in the backseat of the car were just looking through the files oh, no. and some oh, some information was compromised one of the friends knew a person's file he knew that person individually and found out some medical information oh, boy. that's a breach itself as it well is, yeah. obviously uncompromised information so right. We want to talk about paper files too. It, like as Dan had mentioned, if they're left on the desk or something like that, a cleaning person may find them. But yeah. that that was a true story that happened when they were driving files from one office to the wow. next. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, there are organized. It's an organized crime, and so you know they look for opportunities. A lot of whether you're in a small business or a larger business, we supply our employees with laptops, iPads. And there are people that are intentionally out looking to steal those from you because they know that there's information in that that potentially they could use sure. to sell. They sell this information, and that's how your identity is getting stolen. So laptops are another great source. iPads, when you think, you know, we're talking about our cyber world here, but, yeah. but business owners are supplying that, that form of communication, that way of doing business, and that's another thing to be looking for is, is you as an employee of that business, how are you protecting your your business owner from a potential breach 
of personal information for your, your clients or consumers. Yeah. It reminds me of a story I think Mark Goodman told us when we uh, had him on the ScammerCast so. about the uh, businessmen when they would travel to China and they would take their laptop or their iPad and all of a sudden, when they would leave the country, they would find that they had a different iPad or laptop yeah. than, than exactly when they right. went, uh, you know, happens. people swapping it out. And I know that's right. an extreme case, but with mobile devices, iPhones, iPads, laptops that are smaller and smaller, it sure is a heck of a lot easier for somebody just to grab, grab them and go, right? Yeah, absolutely. It can happen, and even honest mistakes can cause a data sure. breach. Sure. If someone's not purposely even employees entering data incorrectly, or it's just an honest mistake. Yeah, we've seen yeah. breaches happen in that way as well when someone wasn't even aware that they were doing that. Yeah. Well, I think I know the answer to this question, but uh, as a good lawyer, I never ask a question I don't know the answer to. Um, <laughs> who needs data breach coverage, Dan? Anyone from a small business owner to the largest corporation needs the coverage yeah. and, it, and it goes back to you know what we were talking about earlier there's the sense with a small business owner and you know for some of our small business owners they're they're, they're trying to make their business run and make a profit mm. and so a lot of times when you're starting out as a business owner insurance is again seen as a commodity i need to have the liability and the property but you're not thinking about the other costs or things that could be at risk right and those things today being at risk are what could actually cause you to go out of business I think Michelle Hartford, who is helping sponsor the commercial side of this, actually had some interesting statistics that they shared with us. And it cost anywhere from about $195 to $250 per consumer. So if you think about that, if you add up the number of people you do business with every day, every year, and think, if I had a breach, it would cost me about $195 to $250 per consumer to actually notify them, and protect the and and give them the proper protection from a credit monitoring standpoint. Right. That could be a really expensive endeavor, especially for our small business owners. Adds up fast, That's doesn't right. it? It does. Mm. So when you think about it, larger businesses can can maybe sustain some of that cost, but they're also going to be more looking. They're going to have agents that are going to be working and, and presenting this to. It's the small business owner who tends again, like some of our homeowners, to view insurance as a commodity. The, what are the things that I must have? They have to have these same conversations because this very topic in itself is the one that could cause them to go out of business for not having the proper protection. That's right. And if they are not in compliance, each state has different regulations that they may have potential fines and penalties as well that they may have to pay they may not be aware of too. I work with a lot of small business owners who just don't maybe, particularly in the startup phase, when when they are, they're so excited about getting off the ground, getting their business running, and, and then all of a sudden you, you bring up the topic of insurance. Right. And all of a sudden all of the business owner sees is the expense, right, and not, exactly not, right. not the value. But yeah. I, think, I think, Dan, putting it in the context of it, it's about two to $300 per customer if you are breached. That is correct. And not to mention then the fines and the penalties, maybe all of a sudden that premium doesn't seem quite so large. Yeah, and that's just the cost that that you look at actually notifying your yeah. client and monitoring their potential liabilities then right, that you could be responsible for. So, you know, you have to think about it from, from that standpoint. And then there's reputation costs. I mean, when you think about you look at the larger corporations and what they try to do, you know, if you look at Target, for example, and the large ad they took out after the breach, right, that's sure. reputational. 
there's expense that's related to doing that. And so that's why this insurance is important because the small business owner too has a reputation in their smaller community or in their community to, yeah. to maintain. And so they need to have this protection in order to have those expenses paid for too. Right, right. Well, you mentioned the Hartford as being one of the uh, insurance carriers that uh, focuses on this kind of protection. What kinds of uh, insurances do they offer in this arena? They are actually a premier carrier in the data breach arena, and they offer coverages, what we call first-party coverages, that really protects the business owner okay. and provides protection for investigating how the breach occurred and mailing notification, all the expenses um, that may occur with this type of breach. But then there's also third-party, and, and, and your agent can help you with this as well. Third-party coverage covers damages for civil awards, settlements, and judgments. And I think the key thing to talk about here is defense cost as well, mm. because you may or may not win that case, but you still have to defend it. Right. So the cost associated with defense cost is very important for the third-party as okay. well. So right. first-party coverage is coverage for the business owner. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, the, the first-party coverage is really that when we're talking about that expense, it's not only the, the monitoring and, and the notification to the clients that have been breached, but like Michelle said, it's also investigating how did this occur because there's an expense. You don't want this to occur again, so there's an right. expense related to investigating how this occurred to make the proper fixes. So you have that expense. You're also going to have the expense, again, of reputational. You know, you could have a reputational injury. You want clients to trust you as a business. When you go to a business, you want to feel like, as I give you my credit card, as I give you my information, you're going to protect it. And when you have a breach, there's a loss of trust. And so you really have to, there's that expense in the first party coverage that's going to help protect your reputation in terms of whether you need to get a communication out to all of right. your clients whether that's through social media, whether that's through paper ad, whatever it may be. And then the third-party coverage is after the breach has occurred, if a customer sues that's right. the business owner, then that third-party coverage is going to kick in and, that's correct. and help, right? That's right. And, and provide the attorney or at least provide um, money to pay the attorneys to defend them, right? That's correct. Okay. The defense costs are an important item to oh, think about here as well for civil awards too. And again, as Kurt mentioned, business owners, and one of the things they see this as a commodity, what if we hear, I can't afford this for my business, yeah. right? There are ways to talk about this, and actually cyber is not, it's not too expensive to add, and there's ways to that your agent can work with you to help bring this as a good value for you and, and work, you know, customize this to really make it fit within your budget needs. And, and as Dan had mentioned, time is your most precious resource. And can you really put a price on your time and your customer's trust? Well, so that's, it's important yeah. to talk about this. Uh, yeah. Intangible assets, huh? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. That's right. Uh, you know, I mean, the, Dan's point, I think, uh, and, and you've echoed it too, Michelle. I mean, when a customer loses trust, if all of a sudden when I'm walking in the door of the business and I'm not sure that my information is going to be protected, I'm not going there, right? And so many customers will look at it that way or clients will look at it that way and all of a sudden the losses have just uh, skyrocketed. Yeah, I mean, I think all of us can probably relate to, we've all probably been impacted by one of the larger businesses that have had some type of breach and I know personally I haven't used my debit card at some of those. I'm just not as comfortable as I used to right. be because of the way a debit card works and access exactly. to your bank account. So, you know, I'm using credit cards there instead because I know I have some protection there. But it's that loss of trust. 
I still don't feel comfortable, even though I still frequent those mm-hmm. those establishments. I'm still yeah. not as comfortable as I used to be. And I think, you know, for a small business owner, it's so much harder to regain that trust when there's so much competition that's out there that does something similar. So uh, it's definitely something. And I think when you look at, you know, we talked about on the personal side that the industry has been working on a way to solve this. It's the same on the commercial side. So when you look at it on, on a small business owner's policy, a lot of these are already, there are some carriers that are building in some right. coverage like Hartford. The main question you want to ask your agent, again, is kind of do that calculation in your mind. How many customers do we have a year? If I was at 250 or $300 per customer, how much coverage do I really need? Mm. And when you do that calculation, find out what's either built into your policy or what's available by endorsement, but know that you can go out and buy a separate, unlike homeowners, you can buy a separate policy just for this issue. Okay. So you can either endorse it, add it onto your policy, or you can buy a separate, buy a separate. one if the limits aren't high enough hmm. to Very protect good. you. That's yeah, good to know. Yeah. Michelle, are there other resources that we can direct the listeners to that might have uh, some interest in this area? Yes, and actually the Hartford, um, one of our premier carriers, provides a great tool, and they have a great calculator, actually, as Dan had mentioned. So when we talk about small businesses, they may have this number of clients, and large businesses, they have a different number of clients. This will actually help the business owner calculate what the potential impact would be if they are breached. So we will post that calculator on your website as well. And then there are other some great tools that talk about first party and third party, and we'll be happy to share that as well. Okay. Yeah, and and I think it's the same. You know, as we talked about on the personal side, it's that small business owner doing that proper background check on all their employees, because again, they're the people that are going to have access. It's all the services Mm -hmm. that that you hire, making sure that they have proper background checks, because we all know, and and it happens at every firm, large or small, as automated as we are. There's, in, there's paper information about every client and every organization. Mm, very true. Sure is. And it's what standards does that organization have to make sure that, that your information is locked up at night. And as much as I'd like to say that happens everywhere, it probably doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so you have people coming into the building. You might have great respect and do business with, but there's other people coming into that building at night who your file could be laying on, on someone's desk and that information is exposed. And so I think... Every business has the responsibility to make sure that, one, that all employees are aware of this threat to personal information, which as much as we talk about it, it's it's not right. words, it's actions. Sure. Making sure that the supervisors, managers are walking around at night, making sure people are putting things in a locked up safe spot. And it's also doing the background checks on anybody that's entering your building. Yeah. yeah. Good advice. Very yeah. Good you advice. know, Art, it seems the, 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 the big takeaway for me is that number one don't view insurance as a commodity and number two work with an expert definitely you know and and make sure you are exploring all of the options and the coverages that are available for you personally and for your business right right and be sure to ask the tough questions too i mean what are the limits of the coverage and how much is the deductible and what what would be my total out-of-pocket expenses if i bought this particular policy and, and then to the small business owners out there, don't be in denial. I mean, right. accept that you are at risk, your business is at risk, and, and don't fall into that category of it can't happen to me because chances are it will at some point. Right. At least you have Agreed. a significant That's risk. Right. Yeah. 
Well, as we uh, as we wrap up the episode today, Dan and Michelle, tell us a little more about J.W. Terrell and then how we can reach you and how the audience can interact with you. Yeah, J.W. Terrell is a Marsh McLennan agency. We've been in business over 70 years. Uh, we are one of the in the top 100 brokers in the United States, and we we represent all lines of insurance. So whether we're looking at commercial insurance, personal insurance, benefits, uh, medical insurance, health insurance, we can do um, all lines of insurance for our, our customers. Uh, we are independent, which means that we represent multiple companies. So when a customer or a business owner comes to us, we do have these conversations and we talk and we try to find the right product based on that conversation. So we have the ability to kind of look at the marketplace and kind of match up the need of the client with the appropriate product. It's an excellent organization. I think I mentioned a little bit earlier too, we are very um, socially active um, with those that are less fortunate, something we're very proud of. If you go to our webpage, www.jwterrell.com, uh, you'll also see our outreach page, right. and it's something that we're particularly proud of. And that's Terrell with two R's and two L's, right? That is correct. Okay. And then where else can uh, our listeners interact with you? Are you on social media, LinkedIn, the whole bit? We are on uh, LinkedIn under Michelle Bequette and Dan Fries, and our website, as Dan said, jwterrell.com. And also we will post our email address on your website, too. Fantastic. Very good. Well, okay. we really appreciate your time and your, your expertise. And we also want to thank you and the folks at ACE and the Hartford for being our sponsors for this episode. We really are glad that you were here, and we hope this is useful information for all of our listeners. Thank you for the opportunity. We really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Once again, we encourage everyone to visit our website, scammercast.com, learn more about Terrell and about Dan and Michelle specifically. Leave us your thoughts, your comments, uh, your stories, what you liked about this episode, and what you would like to look, hear more on the ScammerCast. And uh, we look forward to your feedback. Until next time, this is Curtis Bailey, your co-host on the ScammerCast. And this is Art Maines, your co-host on the ScammerCast.com, reminding you to hammer the scammers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the ScammerCast your headquarters for education and protection of our elderly from scams worldwide. Be sure to visit us at scammercast.com where you can send us your stories and tips, as well as send us your feedback, visit our Facebook presence, and more. Thank you for listening to this episode, and until next time, hammer the scammers. The information we share in this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only and should never substitute for appropriate legal, financial, or medical advice from qualified professionals. Always consult with an attorney, physician, or financial professional for the correct advice for your particular situation.